Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Because we're going to talk about one of the things that is the hardest for most of us, and that is to develop the art of self-love. I know that just like me, you can remember a time when you were so disappointed in yourself, you were thinking, What's wrong with me? I used to think that a lot. And this quote from Rumi, I think, really sums it up. Rumi says, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And those barriers that we build against self-love, let me tell you as your modern love doctor, those get in the way more than anything else in our relationship lives where we don't think we deserve love, we think we're not good enough, we think something about us is flawed, we can't let anybody else love us either. So we're really going to dig into that, and we dig into it every day here at Modern Love Training Center in San Francisco. And I want to invite you to set aside one Saturday a month and join me for a live, intensive, full day of training. And this coming Saturday, October 13th, if you're listening in time, you can jump on the train and join us. We're going to do five truths that will totally trans your life. And I'll give you a hint. These truths have to do with today's topic and really definitively using modern science, spirituality, and psychology to set you free. So go to Eventbrite right now and register yourself for this Saturday's training. And our guest today is someone who absolutely is an expert and is going to help us all free ourselves. But first, let's grab this Dr. Brenda question that came in, those questions coming. I love them. It says, Dear Dr. Brenda, I've been dating a guy for about six months now. He's very sweet to me. I like him a lot. I work in an office with an office manager And he works construction. I think that's great, except he doesn't always see the need to shower and change at the end of the day. So if he asks me out on a date, even if he has time to come home and shower and change, uh, so let's cut to the chase here. Her question is really, this is clean freak. She says, I don't want to hurt his feelings. How do I tell him to wash up? Like any other person who has a need, You're entitled to have your needs. If you want him to be clean and smell good and that turns you on, I think that's all you want to do is tell him. When you're clean and you smell good, it turns me on. Get that shower before we go out and I'm going to be all over you. End of story. Moving on, let's talk about our guest today. Our special guest is Joffrey McClung, who's an author, filmmaker, self-love teacher, and common sense advocate. God, I love that. We could use more common sense. Six years ago, 
she came out of the spiritual personal growth closet when she arrived at a crossroads after an intense eight-year period of loss that hit every single area of her life. And we're so happy to have Joffrey McClung, who's the author of The Heart of the Matter, a workbook and guide to finding your way back to self-love. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can hit her back. Her website is www.joffrey, that's J-O-F-F-R-E, I think that's it, Joffrey. Joffrey will correct me if I got it wrong, joffreymcclung.com. Okay, Joffrey, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with Uh, us. Well, thanks for having me, Dr. Brenner. I'm thrilled to be with you. Wonderful. So why did you decide to come out of the spiritual personal growth closet and share what you've learned? Well, I tell you, that eight years was rough. Uh, I lost uh, my mother. I lost my uncle. uh, Everything I knew, my job in New York, my New York life. And I needed to start to come back to the world. I had been in such grief that I knew I needed to be creative again because I'm a creative person. So I needed to start Mm. writing. So I chose to write about my best friends and my journey with her battling terminal cancer, just really for me. So I used it to help me get out of depression, and I found it absolutely, uh, this is, I don't know if this is the right word, but it was actually thrilling to be creative again, even though it was a nonfiction. Wow. So what were you doing before all of this hit you? What was your life like? I lived in New York. I was a senior media producer in New York. I had been doing that for uh, 12 years. Uh, I had my garden apartment. I just I was loving my life. I'd always wanted to live in New York. And I also mm. had made some indie, you know, indie films. So it was a very mm-hmm. creative, uh, fulfilling life. And then my mother got cancer. And I came home to take care of her in Texas. And my whole life oh. changed. <laughs> Completely wow. changed. No, that's a huge change. I get it. I totally get it. So coming from being a senior media producer, having a really high-powered life, and God knows if you can do that in New York, you can do it anywhere on the planet, what was the hardest part for you of making the shift to having to let go of all of that? Well, luckily, I had I'd had a good uh, meditation practice and an inner growth practice for over 30 years, so that really saved me, to be honest. I meditated mm-hmm. every day, made sure I tried to stay grounded. I processed my emotions. I cried every day because I needed to cry every day, you know. Um, yeah. That, that practice that I had done back in New York to explore, I've always been an explorer in a sense of the inner world. It saved me during that period of eight years and that grief because, as you know, with grief, you're going to hit depression. You're going to hit yes. it. I don't care yes. who you are. You're going to have to right. work through it. And that meditative work, having that inner connection to the different parts of myself, it really saves me. And hearing that little tiny voice saying, you have got to start putting one foot and writing. Mm-hmm. If I didn't trust that voice, I don't know if I would have gotten out of that depression, frankly. Oh. You know, that is so important, what you just said, because we do need anchors. And I know that the first part of your book talks about the three essential tools that can help us through those very, very difficult times. Is this one of them, what you're saying about meditation, about having that kind of anchor? Well, it is. Meditation is really the technique, and, the, and, and for the book, the tool, the essential tool, because there's three essential tools you're going to use on your journey of uh, going back to self-love, is connecting imagination with your meditation. 
Because a lot of people, as you know, Brenda, and good Lord, you know this, a lot of people see meditation simply as a calming technique where you close your eyes, you take some deep breaths, you relax every muscle, and you ground yourself. And those are wonderful meditations. We all need that. But I use meditation in this book to help you connect to different parts of yourself that are in pain or can offer you love. So it's definitely mm-hmm. meditation is we use it all throughout the book, and that meditation saved me. And my imagination saved me because I could connect Now, when you say connecting it to imagination, see, that's something I've never heard. That sounds amazing. How do you do that, Joffrey, when you say connect well, meditation to imagination? Well, you know, you lay down, you're going to do a meditation, you close your eyes. That's all meditation is, focusing your attention. You don't have to necessarily light candles or get into an altered state. You're just going to close your eyes, lay down or sit up, however you want to do it. And you're going to take some breaths and calm down. That's meditation. I want you to then begin to envision. Like the first chapter in the first book, we we practice because a lot of people aren't used to using their imagination. I have them create a safe, loving place to go to every time Mm. when they're going to do this inner work. What does it look like? What does it have? Does it have a river? Does it have a stream? Does it have animals? Is it indoors? Is it outdoors? Just start to wake up that muscle of imagination because that's going to help you in your journey because you're going to start redefining love with your imagination. So I'm big on imagination, (laughs) real big on it. Wow. I love what you just said. That technique of creating the safe place, that's something I've used, but I've actually never thought of connecting it to meditation per se. So I really love this tool and everybody I want to encourage you to pick the book up and learn that tool because one of the things I want to just put a plug in for speaking as the love doctor, when people are anxious, when we're anxious, we're the worst partners, everybody. If you're going through something you haven't processed, you are not function. You're not fit for human consumption. Okay. So get the book, learn how to not only calm but very, very important. This was so valuable for me. I just want to say that, Joffrey, going through tough times when I could create that safe place. And then I would bring in, and I'm sure this is part of what you teach too, I would bring in my own guide to help oh, yes. to mm-hmm. sit with me in this safe place. So tell to us more about love. the three essential tools. Yes, yes, to receive the love. Tell us more about well, those three essential tools. Well, the, second one, the, the third one in the book, which you just hit, I want to mention, are the emotions, because we are emotional beings, and I think people are so afraid of their emotions, because, frankly, none of us were taught how to deal with them. You know, when you're little, yeah. it's either, you know, get over it, or you have nothing to cry about, or here's, a, you know, your speech candy, quit crying. I mean, they're not really Oh, you're channeling my to... mother, Joffrey. You're channeling my oh, mother. Oh, my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, ouch, we're all the ouch. same, you know? We're all the same. So Bless our heart. Tool, I know we, we love them. They didn't know better. That's yes. all. They just didn't know better. That's right. But your emotions right. really are part of your power. But because mm-hmm. we have so much backed up emotion from wounds and unprocessed, you just said the word, unprocessed emotions, that our emotional system can't work as a navigational system it's supposed to be to let you know, hey, this sounds good to me. This is going to be good or this is going to be bad. Instead, you know, we're reacting from past wounds. So the second tool in the first part of the book is learning how to deal with your emotions. And you're going to go in there and you're going to meet your, using your imagination in meditation, you're going to go meet your emotional body and see right. what state right. it is. Is it like wounded? Is it laying on a hospital bed? Is it, you know, yeah. Yeah. around a cave, screaming angry? You're going to meet it and start to connect to emotions because you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Oh, my God. And what it, you just said is so essential. <laughs> oh, In fact, you call and these tools the three essential tools. <laughs> that's, they are essential. And it's, like I said, we don't uh, really connect with them that much. Imagination, once you're little, you quit daydreaming. And I can't tell you, daydreaming is such a powerful creating tool. So imagination, emotions, and the third uh, is higher self. Now, mm. higher self, this is the spiritual part of the books in a sense. It's the part of you that has never forgotten that it is one with the divine and carries with it all the knowledge and power of that love. In other right. words, it's your wise part of yourself. Yes. Your yes. guidance, you know, your intuition. And some people want to call it intuition. That's fine with me. I don't care about the labels. Choose the label you're comfortable with. It's also unconditional love. So you're going to use that yes. to connect to unconditional love. Absolutely. You said you called in your guides in meditation. Well, you're going to call in your higher self to do all the other processes work we do in the book. They're going to be your buddy, your best friend. They're going to hold your hand when you're a little afraid to look at something. So that's why right. those are the three things you're going to work in the book. Because in the rest of the book, you're going to start getting down to work. So that's, Oh, that's I love it. Thank you for sharing those. Those are so powerful. I know that I am going to run out and get this book. And it's so important for all of us to really take seriously that the resources are within, when you say connecting to intuition, connecting to guidance, connecting to higher self, everybody trust Joffrey and please trust me. Those parts of yourself are already there. We've just forgotten how to access them. When we were little, you know, people would say, stop daydreaming, pay attention. Well, (laughs) daydream your little heart out. And pay attention to your daydreams because that's where higher self and intuition reveal themselves mm-hmm. to us. So, Joffrey, tell us a story about how you've used these tools in overcoming all those obstacles that you were going through. Give, give us a little more depth on that because I want people to understand how to actually apply these when we're going through hard times. All right, I'm going to use these tools. I was helping my best friend, I think I mentioned, this book was born out of the first book that I wrote about journaling about my best friend dying of breast cancer. So here's mm-hmm. the story. I was helping my best friend. She lived in L.A. I was back in Texas. I, my mother had died. I was going through my grief. And suddenly she found her partner died suddenly, and she found herself alone in the apartment. So I convinced her that I was going to come get her. I would fly her home to her parents or to her dad's house in Dallas. I would pay for it all. Just let me do it. Now, we had to fight a little bit about it, but I got her to agree to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a little nervous about doing this. I mean, she was, uh, she'd been battling cancer for four years, and I knew she was in bad shape, Brenda. I, I really did know this. Mm-hmm. And I was dreading mm-hmm. going, and I, I had all these fears that started to flow in my head. What if, you know, the, the do- little doggy I'm supposed to pick up with her doesn't like me, won't let me, you know, pick him up and put him in the carrier? What if, you know, blah, blah, blah. What if, what if she, you know, can't be comfortable sitting on the plane because she had, it went to her bones? So she was in a lot of pain. Oh. What if that happened? Yeah. My God, what if she drops dead in the airport? I mean, you see the brain started going. Now, because yeah. I've done this work, I knew, okay, you're in fear. <laughs> Clearly, right. you're in fear. You need Big to calm down. What if it's so sure that you are generating fear, right? Yes, I'm generating fear, and I don't need to create these things to happen. So I mm-hmm. went into meditation. I called in my higher self, 
I first calmed myself down in my safe space and said, first of all, these are just thoughts. They're not real. It's not happening. And mm-hmm. I, asked, I got some loving from my higher self. I, I envisioned arms around me, a big, huge feeling of a large mother holding me. Whatever I needed, I gave myself in that meditation. Mm. And I, I said, I, I know you hear me. I know this is being done in love. I'm going to release my fear. I'm going to trust that everything's going to fall in place because this, this fear is killing me and it's making me too anxious. And I want to be there for my friends. So I did all that meditation. I let it go. And I'm telling you, Brenda, that trip, every angel that could have appeared, appeared from the, from the limo driver, I had not, you know, car driver, who ended up being the same driver that brought her to the airport, who carried her down the stairs because I couldn't handle it, to the oh. people at the airport who treated her so gently, let it cut lines, to the people who pat you down, they were so loving to her, to the people on the plane when her little dog started barking and and, and Robin was so cute. She was saying, you're talking, you know, she yelled at her dog. And I said, Rob, you're louder than the dog. You know, Calm down, Rob. Right. My friend. <laughs> to the people who said, oh, we don't mind your dog. It's okay. It was such a loving trip. And all I saw mirrored back after I did my homework and that meditation and released it and said, I'm handing it over. I'm surrendering. You're going to be my partner, higher self. This it was is so loving- huge what you're saying because you just used a word that I think is really tough for most of us, and that's the word surrender. Most of us are big-time control freaks. We believe that if we're in control, we know better, and if we let go, something bad might happen. And the truth Mm -hmm. is, it's only when we get to that point, when we can do surrender, when we can let go of the control, that there's room for the beautiful magic that you just described to happen or for your higher self or anybody else to get in there and help. It's, it's, so uh, I yeah, just want everybody to please with control. Take, yeah. Yes, yes. And for those who aren't familiar with synchronicity, that's when everything is flowing and you're in your groove, you're in your sweet spot, everything's just unfolding. And that's the time when you're the most relaxed and you're letting go. So, Joffrey, you've written two books. Now, your first book is Learning how to say goodbye taught me how to live. And this clearly came out of your journey with your friend. And when you say it taught me how to live, what's the most important lesson you took away that really helped you to live the life that you're so clearly living? Self-love. Because I looked at Robin and I, and she did meditation too for 30 years. So we did her homework during her period of cancer. It kept us sane. Well, what are you growing in? We thought, if nothing else, we can keep growing. And the thing I walked away once, you know, I got some space, and that's why I wrote the second book, was I realized you're either moving through the world in self-love or you're not. And when you're not, it impacts every area of your life. So learning to say goodbye really got me to the core issue of it all. Self-love is so vital to us all. Yeah, and the second book, The Heart of the Matter, a workbook and guide to finding your way back to self-love. Now, give us your best definition of self-love. I want everybody to get your pen, pencil, get your device out, your phone, whatever, and write this down. Give us a working definition of self-love because it's something I wish it was taught from kindergarten all the way through to, you know, those of us who are crazy enough to go get doctorates and do all that. We need the self-love to live a good life. Or, I'm just going to say it, you end up projecting all your lack of self-love onto anyone who gets close to you. If anybody dares to love you, 
and you don't feel you deserve it, you're going to kill the loves. I just want to go on record. So what's your working definition of self-love, Joffrey? I love what you just said, and you're so right on what you just said. The way I describe it in the book is very simply that self-loving is the knowing in your heart, because love is an emotion too. It's the knowing in your heart that your core being, not your personality sometimes maybe, but your core being is lovable, loving, and loved. And that's the short version. And lovable means you know you are worthy of love just as you are. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to do anything. To know that you are loving means that you know that there's a natural benevolence that resides in your heart always ready to be expressed uniquely through you. And this is where your feelings of being good enough reside. And then the third component, love, that you are loved, is to understand that your existence has value and that you matter to the universe, not for what you can do or will do, but because you are you, period. You are lovable, loving, and loved. Wow. I love that. That is a fabulous definition. I love it, love it, love it. And everybody, it's a practice. Like everything else, we've got all those old patterns in the brain that were laid in prior to the age of nine. Whatever we could see, hear, touch, taste, smell, or feel is in that brain. We call it the subconscious mind. It's the old part of the brain. And so systematically practicing what Joffrey just said, and I mean every day, in every way, you just keep practicing. With every step you take, say what she just said as a mantra. Say that last part because I like the way you put it together like a little poem. Oh, that you are lovable, loving, I'm sorry, you are lovable, loving, and loved. And there's absolutely nothing you can do to change that. You are loving, lovable, and loved. So everybody turn that into a mantra and just say to yourself right now, wherever you are, I am loving, lovable, and loved. I am. And put the power of the I am to work. Joffrey McClung, you are amazing. Everyone, once again, let me give you her website. Hit her back. And Joffrey, I'm going to invite you right now, and I want you to just, Stand by because we're going to call you right back. I want to invite you to be a special speaker in our live training and to Skype in, beam in, and share your wisdom with us. Will you do that for me? I would be thrilled to do that. Are you crazy? Of course. <laughs> All right. Of so course. stand by, everybody. Here she is. She's triple W dot Joffrey, J O S S R E M C C L U N G, Joffrey McClung dot com. Grab those books. You know, we believe in books here at Modern Love because we all need to have a treasure trove of wisdom. Her book is The Heart of the Matter, a workbook and guide to finding your way back to self-love. And the book before that is How Learning to Say Goodbye Taught Me How to Live. And we all have goodbyes in our lives. I'm going to get this book for my sister who's in the middle of a very sad goodbye. I think she could use it. All right, Joffrey, so thank you that. so much for being our guest today. Really enjoyed talking with you and hearing from you. And thank you I so want much. to tell you, thank you. Everybody, go to Eventbrite, grab your seat now, bring a friend with you for the October 13th Five Truths that will totally transform your life. And our special guest is going to be Joffrey McClung. She's going to beam in from wherever she is. All right, coming up on October 16th, we have Dr. D. Carroll. Her book is Unleash Yourself, Woman. And October 23rd, look forward to Catherine Webster. Do you believe in life 
After Love. And big producer, Mr. LeGron Green, our associate producer, Mr. Cliff Dunning. And to all of you modern lovers, I look forward to seeing you soon. Blessings.